Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let's welcome aboard right now uh, Adam Fisher, SNY MLB analyst and contributor, longtime executive uh, with the Mets and the Braves in Major League Baseball, even though he's a very, very young man, very spry, uh, living out there in Brooklyn, New York. What's going on, F. Fish? How you doing this morning, bud? Uh, thank you for that, Moose. I appreciate it. Yes. Couldn't help but laugh on that. Uh, I'm I'm good on this uh, post-winter meetings Friday morning. Yeah, I, I guess what from your perspective, Adam, what, what's the big takeaway? Uh, you know, it, a, lot, a lot more activity. You know, it's good to be Scott Boris uh, with with what the contracts he was able to get for a lot of his big name clients. But what's your big takeaway from what we uh, witnessed over three and a half days out there in San Diego? I think it just shows you what a big difference a handful of clubs can make. You know, when you're talking about activity on the free agent market, we heard a lot over the last year about collusion and, you know, this, these, these concepts that, that uh, well, I mean, I, at this point it looks like it, it, was, it was pretty exaggerated. Um, it really just, it was a lot of teams, a perfect storm of a lot of teams deciding to sit it out and not necessarily be competitive. And then you had a couple of contenders, the Yankees included, that were being fiscally responsible and weren't able to kind of juice the market. And, you know, you have, you have a situation where you got three or four non-contenders that are now deciding to bid on free agents. You have a, a good crew of free agents, as you, note, as you noted, Moose. Uh, Scott Boris had three, you know, I might want to call it a totally top of the market uh, free agents. And um, the big guys decided to bid. You had the Dodgers involved. You had the, you know, of course, had the Yankees involved. And, and um, you know, the Rangers, that kind of non-contender getting back into it, and the Angels. And, you know, that, that seems to be enough to, to really get things going. You know, Adam, when you look at the three big deals, I know they're different, two starters, Strasburg, Rendon, and Cole. Um, as a former executive, and you know baseball better than anybody, which one of those three deals are you most comfortable with? I think you know uh, the the layup answer. I think I think on that one, Moose is, is Rendon, only in the sense that we know that pitching is just is just uh, it's very iffy as far as injuries go. I mean, if 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 Garrett Cole comes off the mound grabbing his arm next year, then that's the, maybe the worst contract in in baseball history. You know, I mean, so. That is an issue when you're talking about giving pitchers this type of commitment. That being said, I totally understand where the Yankees are coming from. They need that guy to get them over the top. They can. That's an organization that can afford to make even a massive mistake. I mean, they, they've been able to to uh, sort of dodge the, the Giancarlo Stanton situation over these last couple of years. So uh, there's a little less risk with Cole with them because they're they're able to take that kind of thing on. Um, but to get back to your question, the position player Rendon. I mean. He he's uh, you know perhaps uh, among the top five position players in baseball, uh, and uh, I think you got to feel pretty good about the turn. Seven years is, is really long, obviously, but compared to say a, a nine years for Cole. Um, so anyway, for me, the position player Rendon, um, pretty easy answer. Yeah, no, but it, 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 you know, but someone was asking me, you know, with and certainly, you know, now you've got Matt in the dugout, you're right. You've got the best player yeah. in the world at baseball and Trout in the outfield, and you know, he's he's already had a you know a historic career, and he's still a, a very young player. Um, how much better are the Angels by just adding Rendon? 
I mean, they're 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 a lot, a couple, well, a couple wins better, I would say, um, well, more than a couple of, but but they're a lot better, but they're still a really flawed team. I mean, they don't have a very good pitching staff. They don't, um, they don't have a good bullpen. They've got they've got holes along, along the diamond. So this is going to make them a lot better, but they have more work to do, and they they don't. I mean, they were okay last year, but they they don't strike me as anyone any a team that scares anybody, despite having, you know, like I said, maybe two of the best five best position players in baseball. That that doesn't you got a twenty five man roster. They they need a lot more than that. All right, when you look at it, there's still two big starters that are out there. Fit. I mean, there's a number of guys, but when you look at you right. know uh, Bumgardner and Ryu, uh, of those two guys, if you're a team that's looking for a you know a top two starter in your rotation. Which one of those two guys would you be more comfortable investing in? Gee, that's a that's a tough one. I don't really necessarily see either of those guys as that that type of guy necessarily right now. Um, or say, oh, which guy? That, if you if yeah. I'm if I'm no, the no. Angels, I need a starter. You know, I'm yep. you know if if I'm looking there, I didn't I fell short on Garrett Cole. I'm looking for a starter for that for them yep. for argument's sake, right? We could debate yep, in terms fair. of the quality of the starter. Which guy would you be more interested in investing in? I think I'm going with it's tough from the standpoint of I'm thinking about it from a durability standpoint. I think okay. they're both good. Ryu's got has a better recent track record, but he's had injury issues and we know that, that his arm um could be an issue. That being said, we we also know there's a ton of mileage on Madison Bumgarner's uh Bumgarner's tires there, that, that arm as well. Um but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the dur but he's but that being said, he's been extremely durable for the most part. So um, I'm going to go with Bumgarner. Uh, you got to see how the price comes in, and you've got Bumgarner talking $100 million, which, again, shows you most this perfect storm of the offseason, you know? I mean, it, it, it's a complete, complete 180 from last year. Um, I'm not sure what Bumgarner would have gotten last year. Maybe he'll, like, he'd be looking maybe at a Keuchel situation. Well, probably not, but that, but it, that shows you how night and day it is. Um, but uh, backing up here, Moose, I think – I would think about the dollars as well. If it is going to be a hundred million and Ryu is that much lower then maybe you throw the durability out there. Cause I don't see a huge difference between the two of them outside of when you get into that postseason. that's when you want Bumgarner. Fisher, you a Keiko guy who's also a free agent out there. I'm, a, I'm not a huge fan of Dallas Keiko. Just, I mean, I, I wouldn't have signed him last off season. I, I felt comfortable with the sentiment among major league executives that he's on the decline um, you know, the stuff doesn't, wasn't, wasn't up to snuff the year before he hit free agency, but he was pretty solid last year. I think, you know, you're looking at like a three or four type guy. And if I was the Mets, that would have been a guy that I would have been really interested in. I, I do like him quite a bit more than Rick Porcello. We're talking to Adam Fisher, uh, SNY baseball uh, contributor, uh, does a great job there. A former executive with the Mets and the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, as we move away from free agency and look at the trade market here, um, quickly, a couple of big names that are potentially out there. Let's start in Milwaukee with Hayter. Uh, you know, he's in his mid-20s. He's been used a lot the past couple of years. Statistically speaking, not as dominant in 19 as he was in 18, but was used, you know, multiple innings. We know his velocity is there. The fastball is electric. And, you know, there were reports a couple weeks ago that he was available. There's some reports now that the Yankees are talking to the Brewers and are pursuing Josh Hader. If you were the Brewers, and I know, you know, they are not a, a big market team, and sometimes they've got to kind of take a step back to take a couple steps forward. What would it take to, get, take a, to trade for a Josh Hader, number one? Number two, if you're Milwaukee, 
Are you better with Hayter than what you'd get back in a trade? I think it really depends on where. If Milwaukee's going to trade Josh Hader, they're really going to have to get blown away. He's got four more years of control. He is arbitration eligible. So you're talking about at least one top prospect in the game, top 50. Um, And if they do trade Josh Hader, then they can certainly survive in their bullpen. They'll have to replace him kind of in a piecemeal way. But it really, they're probably better off as an organization. You know how, I mean, it's just they have to make tough decisions when you're the Brewers and you're looking at your payroll and you're looking at your at your success cycle and how are you going to make this happen? And they're thinking, okay, we can capitalize on this reliever and set ourselves up, our farm system, for the next couple of years. They used to have a very highly rated farm system, but, but they those prospects have been used. They've been traded or they've been promoted, and it's not quite the same. So you can see from the Brewers' standpoint why, why they'd at least think about it uh, the other thing that makes it risky, you mentioned it, Moose, um, he's just been used a ton. And that's part of the reason why the Brewers are, are thinking about it as well. You know, he's, he's pitched so much the last two years. When is that sort of bubble going to burst? You know, he doesn't have a great delivery. It's violent. Um, there's a lot of torque on his arm. So he would be scaring me if I was I, – I would have – I mean, to be honest with you, I'd have zero interest in Josh Hader for trading for him, that is. I mean, if he's out there and you want to you want to sign him for for just dollars um, and take a risk that way, I'm totally good with that. But but I wouldn't want to be giving up top guys for for uh, for a reliever that that has that much tread on his tires these last these last two years, no matter how good he is. And and that's that's part of the reason why the Brewers are thinking about it. All right, how about to Chicago and they and you know Theo and the guys out there with the Cubs seem to have a little bit of a different mindset. You know, they they got rid of Addison Russell and now for a lot of different reasons. Poor play, but certainly right. has had issues away from the baseball diamond as well. Um, it seems like that window for the Cubs has kind of closed a little bit. Uh, different manager now. We know the the Madden uh, relationship did not end well. Reports out of Chicago that they might pair off Chris Bryant, right? You look at the third base market. You've still got Donaldson out there. Uh, we know Rendon is an angel. How about if you were running that Cub team and you look at a, a player that's as good as Chris Bryant offensively and defensively at third base? I mean, number one, would be, that be a guy that you'd be looking to pair off, Adam? Number two is, what would it take to get Chris Bryant from the Cubs? Well, I mean... That I never thought you'd be seeing them them looking to move uh, Chris Bryant, uh, you know. But the reality is the situation he does have. Scott Boris as his agent, we've got this grieve they've got this grievance going on with his service time. Uh, if if everyone remembers, he he was sent down to the minors uh, early in his well when he before he made it to the majors, it looked like he was ready uh, ready to break camp, and he was sent down to the minors to to pretend, well at least being accused of manipulating his service time. He got a lot of attention. Right now they're deciding whether he, he has one or two years left uh, before he becomes a free agent, which is a huge thing about what he's worth. Right, Moose? I mean, sure, no that, doubt. that year is, is massive. Um, it sounds like it, it, they followed the, the rules. I mean, the rules are what they are. And, you know, unless, unless there's some type of smoking gun out there that says, hey, he should be in the major. He should have been in the majors when we sent him down. Um, they're probably going to win that grievance. So he's got two years of control. Uh, so the question is, from the Cubs' standpoint, how much does that year matter in terms of what they're getting back? And I don't think there's a huge difference. You're still going to be getting a, a major haul for Chris Bryant. When you're talking about one top prospect for Josh Hader, you're probably talking about at least two for Chris Bryant. 
a position player. He does have two fewer years of control, but uh, played at an extremely high level last year. And the other thing with the Cubs, you know, you mentioned it, uh, Rendon's off the board. You've got Donaldson out there, but you have a couple of teams that are, that are desperate for a third baseman. The Rangers were one, and, of course, the Nationals having lost Rendon. Uh, if they miss out on Donaldson, then – you know they could be they could be pretty heavy for Chris Bryant. So that is is for me what what could be really interesting to watch. Uh, where does Donaldson go? And the teams that lose out on Donaldson are the Cubs able to leverage that sort of level of desperation and get just a monster package for Chris Bryant? I think that's what the Cubs will be looking at. And if they can't do that, then perhaps they walk away and look at it at the trading deadline, or they go. They go at this again next off season. All right, Adam. How about up to Boston? And you know, their you know their um, you know their new general manager, Heim Bloom, is basically and they want to cut and slash payroll. We know that uh, before the season even ended, there were reports in Beantown that they might try and move Mookie Betts. I mean, which is amazing. I mean, Adam, you know, you've been around the game a long time. I've been, you know, watched the game. You know, been a fan my whole life. You know, Mookie Betts screams lifetime Red Sox. I mean, that. I mean, when you have a player of that caliber, the idea that you know, the Boston Red Sox, a big market team, you know, based on some of the misjudgments and, and contracts that they've handed out, have to potentially pair him off and trade him uh, because they can't afford him. I mean, it's stunningly enough. But, I mean, I would imagine if, you know, if they really decide as an organization to move on from Mookie Betts, I mean, you're looking at a top five player in the sport, No. You would think so, Moose. I mean, and, and I totally agree with your sentiment. I mean, the Red Sox should be able to afford just – it's similar to, the, to Bryant with the Cubs, you know, but, but in this case, he's even more of a signature player. And, yes, the Red Sox has handed out some, some strange whopper-type contracts, Carl Crawford being one. I mean, how is how – is, I mean, you've got different management over the years. Um, but, but the Red Sox have historically over the last 20 years been open to spending what they need to spend to compete – so, yeah, it is a head-scratcher. I think one of the issues, Moose, with Mookie Betts and why more than likely, for me at least, he stays with the Red Sox maybe till the trading deadline is just one year left of control and an extremely high salary, uh, likely arbitration record, if I'm, if I'm correct, um, something approaching $30 million, uh, for this year. So when you factor in the level of control and the dollars – um, you know, that, that's even though it's Mookie Betts, you're not quite going to get the same bang for your buck in terms of trade. And I think that, for me, is more why more likely he's the guy who could stay put. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, we've heard his name out there, you know, for the last, however, six months or so. So certainly he could go. But, but you know, it seems to me that the, that, that, that combination is going to make it hard for the Red Sox to get. Yes, Mookie Betts on an island is – worth more than a top five prospect in the sport. Um, but but those other factors are going to make it tough to, to move him and get the right deal. And the thing with Mookie and the Red Sox, it just sounds like he wants to explore the market. You know, they've approached him, and uh, he, he's just not looking looking to stay put right now in Boston, and he wants to see what else is out there. So um, that's, I guess, the reality is, Moose, that's another factor. That's fair. You know, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't want to sign with the Red Sox, right? Is he going to want to sign with the Rangers? You know, I don't think it's necessarily – it sounds that he just wants to see sort of what the best fit for him is um, and, and talk to teams. Yeah, so, and, some, and sometimes we'll guys just want to test free agency and see exactly what their worth is and be able to go through that process when they're in the prime of their career, which uh, maybe, you know, a Mookie Betts will do. 
uh, and we're not, uh, yeah. you know, with a year left uh, of control for the Red Sox, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it sounds like to me. Uh, could he re-sign with the Red Sox? I, I, I guess that's possible, you know, after he explores the market, but he just wants to see what he's worth and, and, uh, and you know, see what the best fit is, what, what city is the best fit for him is, is what it sounds like. You know, Adam, out to Los Angeles and the Dodgers, and we're talking Adam Fisher, SNY, uh, baseball analyst. Um, you know, the Dodger fan has got to be a little chagrined. Uh, you know, a disastrous way that they lost in the playoffs and, and uh, you know, with Kershaw giving up the back-to-back home runs, uh, they fall short of making the World Series. They've had dominant regular seasons. They lost two straight World Series the two previous years to the Strohs and the Red Sox, respectively. Are you surprised the Dodgers? Now, I know they added Blake Trinan, and, you know, they're in on Batances, and they've been in on these guys, but are, are you surprised the Dodgers have not been able – to close out one of these deals and been more aggressive coming off what is uh, what has been a what was a really disappointing postseason. You know, not 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 necessarily Moose, just because you know Andrew Friedman coming from Tampa, his philosophy is similar to what Brian Cashman has been preaching with the Yankees these last couple of years. And I know the Yankees broke that trend, and the Dodgers have had a, very much a sort of very close and get your heart ripped out type disappointment uh, that the Yankees have had. But I feel like it's even harder to break that type of discipline when you've been doing it for so long, um, like him in Tampa Bay and then moving over to the Dodgers. And it does sound he, he had a great quote, which was, you know, if you're going to be responsible in free agency, you're always going to finish third, you know, and I think that's a great quote from him. And, you know, I think that they're, they're improving sort of, well, not improving is not the right word, but they're, they're changing their mindset a little bit and they're becoming more aggressive, but not quite aggressive enough to close the deal on some of these guys. And I think if they really want Bumgarner, it sounds like that's, that's a real possibility. I know he's not the level um, of these types of free agents, but the Dodgers are super creative. They've got a really, really good team. They need their guys to show up and hit in the postseason. You know, when they get into, <laughs> when they get into those situations, um, I don't think you want to panic in the Yankees case you could see that there was just one player that could really make a difference. I mean, look, we, you and I talked about it all the way in through the playoffs. Um, you know, Garrett Cole is a huge X factor for the Yankees. I'm not sure that that X factor necessarily exists for the Dodgers. They got an outstanding they, – they're, they're a very well-rounded team that has had some playoff failures. If, if the playoffs are, quote, a crapshoot, like Billy Bean said, the Dodgers are the best example of that. So I understand why they're feeling the pressure – but, you know, if I'm, I was sitting in that, in that Dodgers front office, I, I like the approach they're taking. There's really no reason to panic. They still have one of the best and most well-rounded teams in the sport. Adam Fisher, SNY, uh, exec, former executive with the Braves and, uh, and the Mets, and, and he'll be executive back in baseball real soon as well. Uh, good baseball man, good baseball mind, and, and he gets it. Hey, Fish, thanks for the time this morning. Uh, have a great Friday and have a great weekend, all right? All right, thank you, Moose. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. You too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 